Coming up on today's show, this is Canada's first ever National Truth and Reconciliation Day. Uh, we'll have a number of discussions about that. We'll chat with Dr. Crystal Fraser, Charlene Bearhead, and we'll spend some time with Golden Eagle, a listener who just shines with wisdom and positivity and words that just really, really resonate. It's coming up today. So it is Canada's first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Um, so I think we're sort of learning as we go, as I said, a number of different events taking place, number of different ways you can get involved. Um, but what, what should we be focused on? What should we be looking at? Well, Marlene Potras, who is the regional chief of Alberta for the assembly of first nations, uh, was talking about that and says, there's ways you can do this. First things first, read the report. Nobody believed them. Nobody did anything. And until they found the first 215 bodies of those children, you know, um, then then the truth started coming out. Now we have over 6,000 bodies that were found. So, so get up to speed on the situation. Read the report. Find out what this is all about. She also recommends the film We Were Children. Uh, joining us now to talk more about this and um, what this day means and how we got here and where we're going, we have Dr. Crystal Fraser, who is an assistant professor in the Faculty of Native Studies and uh, the Faculty of Arts at the University of Alberta. Uh, Dr. Fraser, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me back on your show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's our pleasure. Um, you know, of course, we were all talking, and we had you on the show, talking about the discovery of the graves in Kamloops, and that was such a huge story. Um, I think it the nation's attention was captured. Didn't last. Nothing ever does. I understand how news cycles work, but at the same time, it seems to me like the timing of today is really good because it could kickstart that conversation again and get people talking about it again. Do you agree? Like, will this day help reset that conversation? That is definitely my hope, um, for sure. June was a very busy month as, as media uh, engaged with these kinds of stories, as Indigenous communities uh, mourned, uh, were launched back into a mourning process, trying to grapple with, with what was happening. And then really, um, what I saw was, was July and even into August, there was a focus on, um, on international media. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, we did stories in Germany and Slovenia and Colombia. Um, and so for sure, there's this feeling over the last few months um, that that this is not going away. And and that has absolutely been the case for Indigenous communities. This has never went away. But now that it's in the international spotlight, you know, we had robust conversations about uh, Canada Day celebrations. Um, now into the fall, finally, this National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. How do we make the most of this day? It is our first national day. We haven't done this before. Like I said, there's a lot of different things going on. Some schools are in, some schools are out. I mean, it's sort of all over the place. I imagine it'll sort itself out in years to come. But for today, what do you recommend people do to make the, to make the most of this, to at least, you know, get something from this day, learn something and be part of the process? For sure. There are a number of things one can do. You played a clip of... Um uh, Marilyn calling to read read the report. Yeah. I think that's a really great start, the 94 calls to action. However, having read the report uh, as an academic, you know, it, it is dense. It is thousands yeah. of pages long, and, and the calls to action, you know, are mostly for government and churches and organizations. Um, so you can actually read the TRC report in its abridged version called A Knock on the Door. Um, and this is a 
small, really accessible book that that anyone um, can get their hands on. Uh, Additionally, you could sign up and take the U of A's um, Indigenous Canada MOOC. Uh, Last year, um, Ships Creek actor Dan Levy took this course. Dr. Fraser? YouTube episodes. Um, so that is for free. It's it's 12 modules. Uh, additionally, you know, we can call on our government, write a letter to Jason Kenney and say, we need September 30th to be a statutory holiday in Alberta every single year. Folks need the time to be away from work, to uh, engage with this beautiful Treaty 6 land, homeland of the Métis Nation, to get out there to local events and and talk to people and have the proper time to reflect on um, how they're implicated in the residential schooling story. Um, About the course at the U of A, I know it's been wildly popular, thanks in large part to Dan Levy, but also because of the interest in this topic in our country. Is there start times or, I mean, is that basically you can jump in, you could get into that today if you wanted to? Yes, and its popularity has been growing. I mean, the news out of Kamloops in late May, in one week, we saw 45,000 people register. Um, You know, as someone who has my PhD, I've taken the course and got a lot out of it. And so there's three different ways that you can take it. The first, uh, hop on any time. You can register and start module one immediately. Um, That is for free. The second is to register uh, for a nominal fee. So you can get a certificate maybe for your workplace. Um, Again, you can hop on any time. And then the third would be to register as a University of Alberta student for Native Studies 201. um, And the course is available at the start of semester. So in the fall, in the winter, in the spring. Um. As we know, the journey to truth and reconciliation has not been smooth in this country, and we've seen all kinds. I mean, 94 recommendations, and I think maybe a dozen, have actually been worked on. Some are in progress, things like that. Uh, Where do we need to go from here? Like you say, there is more momentum now around this than ever before, I think. Uh, What needs to happen today, tomorrow, next month, and a year from now? Like you say, our our. All right. We were sitting at at about nine calls implemented two years ago, 2020. We actually went backwards and only eight calls had been done. And then, you know, again, this news out of Kamloops, by the end of June, uh, we were up to 12 calls that were implemented. I mean, many overnight. Um, And so I think we, we need to keep chipping away at at our work on this, uh, but also as as voters, as citizens, we need to hold our elected governments um, accountable and responsible. Uh, the other thing that everyday folks can do um, is engage with with 150 acts of reconciliation, and and so as a response to Canada 150. Now, four years ago, my colleague and friend Sarah Komarniski and I um, wrote wrote a list called 150 Acts of Reconciliation. You can find that on activehistory.ca. And this was really 
Uh, Sarah calls it the no excuses list because it is something that everyday people can do. Um, it is something that will resonate um, with families or at the workplace or at the gym. And, you know, four years later, this is still wildly popular. Over the last week, Sarah and I have given still a, a handful of workshops on 150 acts. And so that's one thing. If folks are having a hard time envisioning how we can create massive change, you just start with little bits. You start with yourself yeah. and you ask what reconciliation means to yourself. Yeah, take that first step and, and just yes. spend a little time thinking about it and educating yourself. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Just just learning about the situation and, and what needs to be done is the first step. For sure. And I mean, one of the things that we really uh, try and emphasize is that it's not going to be easy. You're going to be uncomfortable. A part of this is actually unlearning very deep-seated beliefs yeah. that you may have had. And and the beauty of it is, is you know what, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to mess up. This work requires a certain sense of, of vulnerability, you know, and, and even... Us Indigenous folks, we don't have everything worked out either. We have been affected by colonialism. And so I think if we can have these conversations um, together in in a good way, uh, that will do, uh, that will help for sure. Um, Dr. Fraser, thank you so much for your time this morning. Always a great conversation. We appreciate you uh, joining us. Do we say happy National Day of Truth and Reconciliation? Or what, what's, what's the greeting on this? Do we, have we even established that yet? I don't think we have that established. I mean, I I am feeling pretty happy, so Good. so I will take that greeting from you today. Um, but just maybe a final thought is is this is not a happy. Of course. Um, previously, you know, Orange Shirt Day for the last several years. Um, so I would just like to say uh, that my heart is with survivors, um, and and we are ready to have these conversations whenever you are. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Doctor Fraser. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is Dr. Crystal Fraser, who is Assistant Professor of Faculty of Native Studies and Faculty of Arts at the University of Alberta. Talking about that university course, uh, you've probably heard about it. Uh, A listener sent us a text to say, good morning, that U of A course is very enlightening and very well done. I highly recommend it. And I've spoken with a number of people who have done it. Um, And yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, It has been extremely successful. And as we heard from the doctor, you can jump in at any time and it's free. You just uh, get in and you take this course, and maybe that's the first step that you take today. Right now, we're going to have this discussion with Charlene Bearhead, uh, another guest who uh, we were delighted to have join us back when we were discussing this, and uh, and uh, is good enough to come back and continue the discussion today. She's Director of Reconciliation at the Royal Canadian Geographical Society. Uh, Charlene, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to talk again. Good morning, Shay. Thanks for having me. So I think for a lot of us, we're thinking, okay, this is our first national day for truth and reconciliation. What does that mean? What are we supposed to do? I think there are so many different events going on. And as I said, you know, depending on who you work for or where you work or what province you're in, there's different rules of whether or not things are being closed and stuff like that. So it's our first run through this. Um, What's the message? Putting all of that aside, what is the best way to mark this occasion today? Okay, well, I don't even know if we have to put that aside. I think it's the context. Yeah. And I think that the main message is do something. Right, yeah. Wherever you are, do something. So I, for example, am here in Stony Plain. 
you know, in central Alberta at the youth center where they're setting up and, and they're the ones that are taking the lead today in Stony Plain and they're hosting an event to remember the children, to honor the children who didn't come home, to honor survivors, to reflect. They've been doing learning leading up to this. As you said, you know, some school districts have instructional days today, some do not. Mm -hmm. Um, We just remind people that if you're at work or at school, it's still a day of reflection, of learning. You know, there's um, at the Edmonton International Film Festival, they're opening early this year. They start tomorrow, but tonight at 6.30, there's a screening of the film Returning Home, which features Phyllis Webstad, who started, of course, Orange Shirt Day. So I think really what this day means this year is that the government um, finally caught up. And, you know, six years after the closing ceremonies of the TRC, the government a few months ago, as you said, you know, proclaimed this uh, a federal statutory holiday. Unfortunately, the government of Alberta hasn't caught up yet because they didn't honor that. But I'm really impressed to see that there are businesses, organizations, school boards that are marking this day. And I guess the final thing I'd like to say about that for now is that it's not a day off. It's a day to remember, a day to reflect, a day to learn. So if you're not at work or at school, just a reminder that it's not an extra shopping day, but Mm -hmm. it's a day to remember. You know, you talk about uh, the fact that this is our first. It, It was actually one of the line items in the Truth and Reconciliation Report. So, I mean, once again, we're talking about government saying, yes, we're, we're committed to adopting every one of these. Something like proclaiming a national statutory holiday has been around for six years, and, and it's taken this long to happen. So, obviously, you know, we're continuing to see how these things just... I think we've got, what, nine of the 94 have actually been implemented so far? Yeah, actually, and that might be generous, depending on how you define implement. But, yeah, absolutely. It was called to Action 80 to have a National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. And as you said, that should be pretty straightforward. But six years later, here we are. However, the thing that I think is really important is, you know, we we remind people that when you read the calls to action, it's not going to say, Martha, we call upon you to do this. It's incumbent upon all of us to find ourselves in there. There are high-level calls to action that call upon government, call upon you know, healthcare systems, organizations. But really, we will know that we're really making meaningful progress in reconciliation when individuals are talking differently at home, uh, you know, at their dinner yeah. table, when nobody's watching, when nobody's listening. And I think it's really exciting that we're seeing that. We're really seeing that now. And sadly, you know, I think it was the recovery of the children definitely um, that started in Kamloops that really hit Albertans and Canadians in the heart and, and woke people up to a degree that they hadn't been. And so that that's what this day is. And we're seeing many, many individual family community commitments. And, and that's fantastic. You know, Charlene, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think you were you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think for a lot of people, we, we knew about the Truth and Reconciliation Report. Um, mm-hmm. we, we knew about all these things. We'd heard about it being discussed and politicians saying this and that and the other thing. But the discovery of those graves in Kamloops, I think, certainly for me, uh, I'm ashamed to admit, was kind of, it was a huge eye-opener. And, and one of the things that I learned in the days following is, yeah, well, all you had to do was ask. You know, the people who live in these communities have known this all along, and we've been saying this all along, and you guys ignored us, which I think is shameful um, for Canadians. 
And I think that conversation really started, as you say, in earnest around the discoveries. And of course, like every other story, and no matter how big they are, they, they drop off the headlines. They're not front page news continuously. I'm thinking that maybe today is an opportunity to restart that conversation, to energize it once again, to reset and bring it back into the national discussion. Am I being too optimistic? No, I think you're being um, hopeful, and I think you're being realistic, and I think you're being practical about that. I think that if this day serves as anything, it's an annual reminder that the conversation is not over. It's. I feel like it's a day, it should be the, this day every year, to reflect on what we've done, what we've learned, how far we've come from this day last year, and to like to recommit to what are we going to do next? What are those next steps? What else do we need to learn? What else do we need to do? How do we decolonize our practices within our own organizations? You know, how do we build relationships? How do we honor? And really, when we talk about relationships, you know, you said all people had to do was ask, and actually all people had to do was listen. Yeah. Because survivors, families, communities have been talking about this for years, for years and years and years, and people didn't listen. You know, people didn't hear that. And so, you know, for example, it was really interesting. I was in, in Calgary last night at the Calgary International Film Festival where we launched Returning Home. That's a film that Sean Stiller and a brilliant young Schwatmuk filmmaker created around the experience of Phyllis Webstad and her family and community in Schwatmuk territory in BC. That film was in post-production like last September. And watching it last night and people in the audience that you'd swear they thought that it was created, you know, after Kamloops mm-hmm. because the the elders and the survivors in the film are talking about how, and they're walking on the ground saying, this is where the graves are. This is where we remember that children were buried and they're unmarked. People know this. People have been telling this story. People have been trying to share this truth. And we just need to listen. You know, you, you, obviously things have changed since the Kamloops uh, discoveries. Mm-hmm. Uh, things have changed. And I think, you know... Uh, I've certainly learned a lot, and I know a lot of other people have, and have sort of had their eyes open to this reality in our Canadian history. Um, obviously, it's not changed as much as we need it to, and we're, we're, no, we're just starting down this road. Um, but are you pleased with the momentum, and do you think we can maintain it and, and, and get where we need to go finally after so many years of talk? So I'm always happy when there's progress. You know, I'm a bit of a skeptic, and I am seeing progress, and I, I'm really, I'm really hopeful about that. I really have hope for our children, um, and communities, and our society, and I think we can do it. And I think we're showing that the fact that you know, you, for example, have people on often throughout the year, not just on mm-hmm. a special day. The fact that media is really taking up their responsibility of holding people to account of of helping to keep that in the public eye, what's happening, you know, what isn't. I'm really impressed that, you know, the moral courage of school districts and school divisions in this province that are saying, no, we're not going to do what we're told anymore. If it's the wrong thing, we're going to do what's right. I mean, those are all steps that I don't think we would have seen five years ago. And that gives, gives me hope. And I think we just, it's not about can we do it? We just have to do it. We'll continue to do it. And I'm really grateful you know, to you and other media 
that are doing your part because we all have a role to play in this. Well, that's the thing. And I think, you know, basically, you know, we had a discussion about whether or not we do a show today, you know, um, because is that disrespectful? Are we not respecting the day? Are we not taking the day off? But I think the decision is we do have the platform. And for me, um, for so many people in our community, what we can do is educate and inform and have discussions like this. And I think that's what the day is meant to be, is to have the discussion and, and to provide some education and some learning. So that's why we chose to be here today. But I think that's the first step that we can take today. Just do something to um, yeah. learn more, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you were carrying on with the day as though that this isn't happening, then that would be disrespectful. But I think that you're, you know, you and, and some school districts have chosen that and said, well, you know, we're actually going to be um, staying in class today and learning because the students need to learn. Yeah. So I think what's important is what are we doing with the day? Regardless of where we are, if we're at work or if we're at school, we're not. But what are we doing? What is that intentional, respectful reflection, learning, truth-seeking, relationship building, moving towards reconciliation, that's what's important. Well, Charlene, uh, I think you probably helped a lot of people down that path today, and I really appreciate you joining us once again. And again, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you bet. That's Charlene Bearhead, who is the Director of Reconciliation at the Royal Canadian Geographical Society. Continuing our talks about Canada's first ever National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. I'm looking forward to this. Um, You'll remember Golden Eagle. Um, Probably, I would say, has had more impact on our audience than any other caller in the history of the show as long as I've been doing it. Uh, As soon as he started speaking, uh, you lit up. You loved what he had to say in the way that he said it. We've had him back since then, and we're going to do it again today. Um, His name's Marcel. Good morning, Marcel. How are you? (laughs) Good morning, Shay. How are you doing? Good. Uh, our audience knows he as Golden Eagle, though. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Oswalke Hill. Okay. Uh, so there's that's the name my mother gave me. There's three names that I know you by. Walk us through that. Marcel. That's the name that you use most commonly, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the other one, Oswaskehu. Did I say that right? Sure, Oswalke Hill. Okay. That's yeah. your given name. Yeah. What's Golden Eagle? Well, that's Oswalka Hill. That's the translation of that. That's the translation, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Listen, first ever... So I, got, I have your name. I have your name if you want it today. Oh, I've got a name now? What is it? <laughs> it's suiting. It's fitting. It's it's perfect. Okay, go and for all it. All the listeners will appreciate it. It's Wapestaguan. Wapestaguan? Wapestaguan. Wapestaguan. What does that mean? White hair. <laughs> Seriously, you're going to start off right like that, are you, Golden Eagle? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> only white, only people with white hair have the wisdom and the knowledge. Oh, okay, all right. You put a nice spin on it. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you're the guy. I, you're here because you have the wisdom and you have the knowledge. And I want, I, I wanted to talk to you on this day because it is Canada's first national day for truth and reconciliation. And you and I have talked off the air about for a lot of people like me. Uh, we had a real eye-opener uh, back in May. Um, yeah. You know, the, the people who live in the communities, they knew this was coming, and, and they've been talking about it for a long time. And for a lot of people like me, it was, whoa, wait a minute. And I've talked to you about, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to right. be helpful. And I think there's a lot of people in my position. So 
on this National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, for people like me, what do you do? I mean, what's the best way to, to use this day properly? Well, for from from my perspective, what I would do or what I do or what I plan to do is um, I start with a smudge. I think my brother Billy gave me his sweet grass here. I'm in his house in Fort St. John. And typically before we speak in our in our culture, we're taught to, to light the sweet grass or the sage or the fungus and, and smudge ourselves and to ask the Creator to speak through us so that we have the right words and the right temperament and, and, and deliver the right message, right? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, for a, from a colonial perspective, it's it's about um, compassion and understanding and and allowing the truth to come out. Um, a lot of the times, our people are told to get over it, or that was in the past, or or we won the war and it's our land now, and you know all these all, all these negative things. Um, and uh, nobody really steps forward to to be accountable and say. Yes, our ancestor did, our ancestors done this. Um, this cre- they, they carried out a genocide on the native people of, of, of this continent, and um, we want to move forward, right? And we want to move forward towards healing. Our father, my dad, Albert, um, he always spoke about inclusion. Uh, I know he was hurt in his heart because. I told you guys before, um, all their land was taken around Wolf Lake and they were forcibly removed by police and government from all their land. And now um, there's a CFB Coal Lake there, there's refineries there, uh, all the companies in Calgary benefit from that, but none of the families benefit from that land. Uh, my dad's never been able to return home in his 89 years and we buried him uh, just the other day, right? We buried him in my mom's reserve just the other day. So he's never going to see, he never seen this truth and reconciliation, this first step by Canada or the settlers for that matter. And I think he would have been really happy about that because it takes an effort to get to this point. It does. It, right? does. it, it doesn't just happen. Um, people have to be willing. And I'm, I'm seeing that more and more. We're always going to have the negativity. We're always going to have the racism or, or the arrogance. But if, if, if that's all you see, then you need to look inside yourself also. Let me, let, you know let, me stop, let me stop you there for a sec, because you know what, I, I sit here and as we're talking, uh, it's not happening now, but earlier this morning when we were talking, you know, about truth and reconciliation, th- those texts come through, the ones that you mentioned, oh, get over it, quit whining, I didn't have anything to do with this, enough, you know. Um, what, what's, how, uh, I get angry, I get angry, and I know that is not what you ever recommend. You always say that is the worst thing you can do. What is the proper way to to address that, to handle that, and to, and to try and speak to these people and say, no one's saying you did anything, but you need to be part of the solution. How, how do you have that conversation? Well, first of all, you need to t- take a deep breath. And anyone that knows me and knows the old me knows anger was my first response, right? And lashing out. and uh, But that never got me anywhere. That got me in trouble. That had me making life choices that I never thought I'd have to make. And uh, and listening more and more to my dad um, in his in his in his these final months leading up to his passing, um, it, he he talks about sagitin sagitin is love, right? Kindness and respect, and nothing will ever change what happened in Canada. Nothing will ever change that. Nothing will ever change. 
But uh, we have to become that change as individuals, whether we're Native or European or African or Chinese or whatever. We have to change our, ourselves, our perspective, our beliefs uh, may have to change in order to accommodate this this truth and reconciliation. In order to implement, we have to work together. And the initial- My dad always told a story about uh, about a pack of dogs. They used to rely on on, on huskies to uh, to um, carry out their daily lives on the trap line. My dad, his dad, their dad. But they used to have problems with the dogs. The dogs would fight. And my dad would say, "If five, you can't lead five dogs. Or five dogs, if they don't work together, will fight and they'll never move forward. They always need uh, to work together and they always need a leader. Right now, we don't have those leaders. We don't have those leaders in seats of power um, as PMOs or premiers. I mean, there's, there's things that are being done right now, but I believe it's cosmetic. Like, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we need champions that, that really believe in truth and reconciliation, both from a colonial lens and from a Native perspective. Because there are, there are Native people out here, and myself probably included, that don't believe truth and reconciliation is anything more than a buzzword. But today, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was speaking in Ottawa about truth and reconciliation, and that's a first. Right? That's a first. That is progress, right? It is progress. Maybe it won't happen in my lifetime. And I told my daughter this. I said, maybe it won't happen in my lifetime. Maybe I won't see it, but maybe she will, or maybe my grandsons will. And so for that, for the time I'm, I have left on earth, it's up to me to instill these good values in my, in my children or my grandchildren or their children. Right? My dad passed away with 36 grandchildren and 47 great-grandchildren. And we... We honored him at his funeral in our ways, in our customs, with our songs and our, and, our, and our pipe ceremonies. And it was a good celebration of his life. It was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. My dad was loved by many and all of us. But the beauty of having our ceremonies um, front and center, right? It was, it, was, it was fantastic. And so that's what we have to get back to from the Native perspective. We have to understand our culture. We have to have to learn our language. We have to learn our ceremonies. But the same goes for the colonial or the settlers of Canada. There's no white people. There is no, as far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing as white people. There's no such thing as black people. There's no such thing as yellow people or red people. You know, people need to understand who they are and where they come from. If you're Ukrainian, then you need to understand where your people come from. Ukrainians had it tough, too before they came to Canada, right? Same with the Polish people. They had it tough, too, with the potato famine or the Jewish people in Auschwitz. We need to understand where we come from. We need to learn our language and share that with the world, you know, and and share our cultures with one another and teach one another. And and perhaps it gives us a chance to to grow. Like, the seed's been planted today. Today, the seed's been planted. I wasn't going to wear an orange shirt because sometimes I feel we wear shirts and T-shirts and we wear ribbons, and, and it's not enough. But I wore a shirt for my mom. My mom is Indian number 19 at the residential school. Not Elma, not Pasquamustos, but in number 19. And all the children I went to school during her time and before her time uh, that were kidnapped, that were incarcerated in the residential schools, yeah. 
that suffered uh, rape or beatings or whatever whatever they went through, the trauma of that experience. And it's so fitting to wear orange today. Now, orange, I talked to my family. When we use orange in ceremony, we pray and we ask the Buffalo Spirit to 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 work with us in our community and our family to bring us that strength for the buffalo that always weathers the storm, that circles the family and protects the family through any adversity or danger. You know, and we pray for the four-legged beings with the color orange. With the color orange, if you understand the chakras, let's say the chakras, it talks about uh, understanding and accepting your sexuality, understanding your emotions, and believing in who you are, etc. So that's fitting that the whole country is wearing the color orange today, and we're, we're, we're honoring the Indian residential schools and the kids that didn't make it home, the parents that lost their kids and the grandparents that lost their kids that were stifled, their emotions were stifled, their sexuality was stifled and beaten out of them, that we're all wearing orange now to honor that. And at all at the same time, the whole country is wearing the same color we take in ceremony to pray so that we can understand our emotions. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And it, like you say, you know, it's progress. I need to take a quick break, but we're going to keep talking. We'll be back in, in just a minute with uh, with Marcel, a.k.a. Golden Eagle. Continuing our chat with uh, Golden Eagle on this uh, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. And uh, we were only going to chat for half, half an hour, but Marcel, we might have to go longer. I, I don't know what it... I do know what it is about you. You, you have a way about you that... I feel the same thing, but Angie says from the guests I've listened to today, they're light years ahead of the governments and settlers and ways of thinking, and they always have been. Curtis says, good guest. Uh, Elaine says, thank you for bringing Golden Eagle on again, and please pass along condolences on the loss of his father, no doubt as wise a man as he is. Cindy says, we can all take a lesson from Golden Eagle. He is wise, and we all need to listen and go forward with his wisdom. Well said, Golden Eagle. Thank you for speaking with us today. Um, another listener, very good guest. He recognizes the struggles of all immigrants to this country. I love hearing a balanced perspective. You have a way about you, friend. Um, the way you speak and the way you share the message, it resonates with people. Well, I think um, I'm going to keep referring to my dad because he's been on my mind and my heart. And uh, my brother, um, he's a chief in our community, and he spoke about our father uh, during his services, and he talked about despite the adversities that that my dad and mom and their, our people went through, he always talked about uh, inclusivity or including people and welcoming people to wow, welcoming them into our community, welcoming them into our life. Uh, and I think because, because um, we all have something to share and offer, right? Mm-hmm. We all have something to improve each other's lives. If we take, uh, if we take the behavior uh, of the racism, arrogance, and animosity aside, or the anger, or the or the what have you, and put it to the side. Not forget it, but put it to the side. Yeah. And we work on the relationship with we with each other. That's what we do with our children. That's what we do with our toddlers, right? Yeah. We we put the tantrum to the side, and we get down on their level and and kneel down and and in, in the trench with them and and work on the relationship with each other. That's the most important thing. And I think that's what my dad was trying to tell us uh, about loving everybody and being kind to one another because we don't know what the people have gone through. You know, my my friend Heidi in in Red Deer come from a war-torn country where they're escaping bombs and tanks and 
and bullets to get here, and she's she's a successful um, film producer, right? Yeah. She 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 produced a, a film called um, Breaking Stigmas, and I posted it on on Twitter, and um, and I worked with uh, with Patrick Buffalo and Mesquites. I were he's my mentor, and he, he last two weeks before my dad passed away, he was. We're doing work on myself about bitterness and dealing with injustice and dealing with how life has been unfair and letting that crap go and learning to move forward from a, from a place of generosity and, and, and gratitude. What are we grateful for? What are we, grat- what are, what are, what are we grateful for? In our language, we say, Well, up until two, three weeks ago, working with Patrick, I probably didn't really feel it. Right, the Nascom one kakiao means grateful for many things, and so I let some bitterness go and I let some anger go. Working, doing the healing with horses, and and I think that that that's what everybody needs to do. Every person that walks on this continent needs to work on themselves in some sense. We've all experienced trauma. Sure, yeah, whether, we all have our own whether stuff. Whether it's minor or major, yep. And so I think we all need to work on ourselves in order to move forward. Right. Yep. Our neighbor needs to work on themselves. We need to work on ourselves, but we can't go around pointing our fingers and telling people what they should or shouldn't do. Right. No, we can't I... point out problems. But what we need to do is set the example, and maybe our kids will get it. Maybe their grandkids will get it. Right? Um, I got to take a break for the news. Can Can you stick around? Because uh, I'm telling you, people. Pe- somebody wants to run for premier now. Nicole says you should be the premier. Um, can you stick around? <laughs> I was going to tell you that today. I was thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> but people That's have funny. questions, and they they want to know. Uh, they they want to pick your brain. So can we take a break? Take the news, and then we'll come back and continue this. Okay. Ask questions. Okay. Excellent. All right. All right. Continuing our discussion now with Golden Eagle, Marcel. Um, who, who is uh, just a, a, a guy, a caller, friend of mine, and uh, someone that I, I don't want to pump your tires up too much here, Golden Eagle. I don't want this to go to your head, but uh, Mo says, Golden Eagle is our native father and our grandfather. His wisdom is so peaceful and respectful. I could listen to him all day, every day. People just, I mean, I could go through dozens of texts just like that one. But let's get to the questions they're asking because uh, they recognize that you might have some answers for them. And one that I've gotten from several of our listeners so far today is, could you please explain exactly what truth and reconciliation means? What does it look like? What is it? We keep hearing about it. What does it look like to Indigenous people? Well, one of the... That's one of the teachings of the Creator, one of the seven sacred teachings is truth, to always speak the truth, right? And I know we all we all don't speak the truth, you know. We all sometimes tell little white lies to our kids about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, or we tell our wives that the, the genes don't make her ass look fat. But uh, aside from those <laughs> comical times in our life, uh, we, don't, we all don't speak the truth. And uh, the reality is if we did speak the truth, the truth would hurt right? Mm-hmm. Truth hurts. It cuts deep sometimes. But, uh, but the beauty of it is, um, is if you can speak the truth and come from a place of I, uh, of I believe and I feel or, and, and of gratitude because you're going to grow, you're going to learn. My friend and I were talking about this the other day, Amanda, about, about speaking the truth, you know, and um, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it hurts, we have to do it. And that's one of the Creator's laws. If the truth was easy, would we speak it, you know? 
Right. Would we do it all the time? No, but we're going to grow. And and truth and reconciliation, I don't know what that means. I don't. I, I was thinking about that very thing yesterday and this morning uh, leading up to 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 me coming on the show when you asked me. I don't know what truth and reconciliation looks like. Right? Because we know don't where... know what the end is. It's a process, right? Well, here's what I believe. I believe because we are the original inhabitants of this land. We're not First Nations. We didn't get here. We were here. Right. Right? So that being said, our ancestors signed treaty to share. But that's not what happened. It's like we signed treaty and then and now the settlers got Canada, lock, stock, and barrel, and we're confined to these little reserves, right? And uh, we live in poverty with dirty water, right, and poor infrastructure. And, and, and the reality is there should not be one person living in Canada in poverty, homeless or hungry, with so much resources, so much bounty, so much revenue generated in this country. There should not be one person living in poverty and hungry, right. let alone their Aboriginal people, because this is our land. But for me, truth and reconciliation looks like this. Half of the parliament belongs to the Native people. Half of the, half of the legislatures belong to the Native people. Half of the Senate belongs to the Native people. Half of the justice belongs to the Native people. Right? You understand where you see where I'm going? Yeah, we've got a bunch of people asking, you know, do we need to have an Indigenous Senate, an Indigenous arm of our government? Well, I think we need to need half of that, or at least 51%, right? And, and nobody represents us, Shay, in, in government, really. Nobody, right? Uh, uh, Stephen Harper, we weren't high on his radar, especially the missing and murdered women, Right. The only time we get, we, we get mentioned is uh, around election time and people come knocking on the doors of the communities. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I think what needs to happen is we need to dismantle the, 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 the government of Canada and, and build a new, uh, a new one built on the spirit and intent of treaty and sharing. Half of it belongs to the Native people and half of it belongs to the settlers and the newcomers. Right? It's, it's not fair to us to sit here and watch immigrants come into our country, new immigrants, and, and they get started off. You know that's, that's not okay. going to... I mean, that's an ideal... You know that's not going to happen, Marcel, right? Right, right. And that's okay. But I think I think that's what we need. And that's what I, that's what I believe. I think we need to dismantle. I, we need to dismantle the, the, uh, the, the government of Canada and, and rebuild it. There's 13 premiers in Canada, and they're all white people, or... European descent, right? And yep. nobody speaks to the native people in our in our land. Look at the province of Alberta. Uh, I don't think they did they did they make this a holiday today. Did they acknowledge it? No, they did not. You know, and uh, and this shouldn't be a question. It should be unequivocal, right? Yeah, and it is in many parts of this country. Um, oh, it is. Another question people are asking, and. Um, Maybe I'll ask this one after a short break. People are saying, "How? Uh, where do they learn these stories? Like, you know, they're, they're asking for, they're saying, you know, instead of the, the talking heads that we see, and you talked about that, the politicians that talk about this when it's an election campaign, you know, and, and, um, and, and Native leaders in this country who, who talk about things when they're up for election and things like that. It's people like you, though, 
I think that have the most impact. And they're saying, where, where, where do I get this kind of information? I mean, my, oh. my answer to that, Marcel, would be reach out. I mean, I, I reached out to you and you said, you know, let's talk. And we did. That, that's the way to do it, right? Just share the experience. You know, in our, in our culture, we're taught that when we want something, when we need something, whether it's learning, teaching, information, support, prayers, we offer tobacco to elders. And we place that tobacco in their hand, and we hold their hand, and we tell them what it is we want. I'll put that tobacco in my dad's hand, and I'd say, I need prayers for my family. My daughter's sick in a hospital. I need prayers for my family. I'm working on this new business. Uh, you know, I, I want to learn how to build a sweat lodge. I want to learn how to ride a horse. All these things, anything that you want, you go see an elder and you put that tobacco in their hand. All Native people across this country understand tobacco. They understand the offering of tobacco. The simplest thing you could do is offer them tobacco from a place of genuine, genuine generosity, being genuine and grateful, and offering that and, and, and asking the question. You know, we're tired of apologies and we're tired of sorry, so don't go out and say I'm sorry. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> that won't go well. Right, but what will go well is if you come from a place of learning and wanting to understand, offer the tobacco, ask the question, and if they can't help you, they'll direct you to somebody that can. It's that simple. Okay. And for me, if somebody wants to learn from me, I say, come spend time with me. Right. Come to our family sweat lodge. Come to the farm and split wood, and I'll tell you something. I'll teach you something. I'll teach you how to split wood. Marcel, hang on for a second. I'm going to tell my story about. He's not lying. Uh, audience. He means this. I'll share that story with you when we come back right after this. Back, continuing our chat with Marcel, a.k.a. Golden Eagle, and uh, I want to tell this story, Marcel, because you're saying, you know what? Just ask me if you want to know. And I did that. And And I reached out to you, and I'm a big believer in you can have all kinds of preconceived notions. You can have all kinds of beliefs and misconceptions that, um, don't survive first contact, right? And when you get out and you share an experience and you meet people and you talk to them and you're part of their world, even for a brief moment, a lot of the things that you believe and a lot of the things that you've been taught fall away because you see the reality. So I reached out to you and you reached out to me and said, hey, we're having a, I, I, don't, I don't even know what you call it. It was sort of a vigil at the Charles Cancel Hospital and you invited me, my wife, to come out um, and we did. And I can't tell you how much I learned, how moved we were, um, how eye-opening it was, and how it just furthered my understanding, hearing the stories of people who had family members in that building, uh, people who were in that building themselves. Just that shared experience, Marcel, goes farther than anything you can read or anything a politician can tell you, just actually walking the walk and sharing the story, right? I think so. I mean, it's important to to honor those... uh those people that um, that suffered at the Charles Council. I mean, it was a hospital, but at the same time, it was an experimental hospital. Kids were having surgeries, and God knows what done to them. My mom spent 13 days for 13 months, four days, and seven hours there in that hospital with uh, TB. She saw kids from uh, from the north, tattooed Inuit kids, come down, and uh, and uh, she saw kids from the prairies come, native kids from the prairies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that hospital. And uh, 
she made a lifelong friend there and uh, and talked about the good experiences there. That's one of the things that my mother talks about. Yeah, there was hardship and horrible things done at uh, the residential school and the and uh, and the Charles Camsels of this world and the Kamloops of this world. But she talks about friendships. She told me stories about the friends that she made from BC. That their or, or yeah, I think from BC, their family would mail them dried fish or or, or food, and the, and they'd share it with each other. And they'd make friends and tell stories and sing songs or whatever about their culture, which probably they did in secret because uh, that kind of stuff wasn't allowed. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and when we were at the Charles Council, um, we were raising awareness for all those kids that are in unmarked graves uh, that didn't return home, all the families uh, that uh, that lost their children and never saw them again. Can you imagine? Oh, Jay, no, losing no. your kids and no. never being never being told what happened to them? Of course not. It's it's the worst, the absolute worst. Now I anticipate there's probably hundreds of thousands, or probably at least a hundred thousand unmarked graves. That's my estimation. Yeah, that's and the number I'm coming to. They're more discovering, uh, you know, uh, every day almost. Um, I got that experience because you invited me. I think yeah. I think for some people it's sort of. And you and I have talked about this. A lot of us don't know what to do. We want to do something. We want to be part of this. Um, you invited me in, so I had that opportunity. And I'll tell you, a little bit nervous, Golden Eagle. I don't know how I'm going to be received. I think there's some implied guilt that a lot of us are carrying around, and we need to realize all that, as you said, has to be put away. That has to be left in the back, and we need to move forward with progress. But how do other people get the same experience that I had, where somebody like you said, well, well come down and share with us? How can people well, get I just, that? I just keep inviting. If somebody wants to learn, I just keep inviting. You know, my friend Amanda and I, we've been, uh, we do energy work. We call it healing work, or people call it Reiki or chakra work, or traditionalists call it healing with hands. Uh, we combine that with ceremony and prayers and healing with horses, with Patrick Buffalo. And and we do this work. And we do this work for all nations, not just Native people. Yeah. Right? And and we're, we're vocal about it, or we put it on Facebook, or we do empaths in the park. We haven't done that for a while, but we need to get back to that and invite people to, to begin their healing journey. Because who doesn't want to heal? Who wants to move? Who doesn't want to move forward from 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 a life of guilt or shame or pain or whatever we've gone through. Who doesn't want to let that shit go? Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> let that crap go, right? And, uh, and, um, and move forward in a good way. You know, when the work I did with Patrick on letting some of the bitterness go and, uh, and the animosity uh, a few weeks ago, it, it probably saved my life. The very first time I met Patrick, um, it probably saved my life because I was thinking of taking my own life. I was I was in a uh, depression and suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation, and I'm so thankful I had ceremony and I found Patrick. My brother George introduced me to him, and uh, and um, and ever since then it's been uh, it's been wonderful working with Patrick and his his horses and and uh, doing some work for PTSD from when I was policing and uh, and letting go of some of that childhood experience from being uh, uh, sexually abused or beaten and and working through that. So who wouldn't want to let that stuff go? Who wouldn't want to get through that, right? 
So Amanda and I, uh, we do the work, and it might sound like a, I'm doing a plug here, but Amanda started working with uh, Leanne Powers in St. Albert, I think it is, doing the, the hands-on healing that she does, right? The yeah. empath. Yeah. And it's not something that we talk about in every day where it's where it's 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 allowed and it's accepted. People still look at you when you talk about mental health as uh, from a place of stigma, right? Stigmatization. Sure, of course, yeah. Well, mental health and people don't want to talk to you anymore, right? You talk about feeling suicidal and people don't want to be around you anymore, right? Yeah. But if we if we put our guards down and and uh, and uh, and work with somebody that wants help. Right. Put the behaviors to the side right. and work on the relationship. Always, always, that's the first step. Even with your own children and your own family members, put the behaviors to the side. You can always come back and revisit the behaviors, but the behaviors are usually a result of the trauma, right? Okay, if people have been listening to you and I yammer on here for an hour now, and they're inspired by some stroke of luck, more you than me, um, and they're thinking, you know what? Okay, I want to take that first step today on this first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. I want to take the step down that road. But I don't know how. What do they do right. when, when, when you and I are off the air in a few minutes here? What do they do? What's the first step? What do they, how do they get started on this? Well, for me, if, if somebody wants to start that journey, then they're going to have to set that intention, right? Whether you're a praying man or not, whether you're a praying woman or not, energy is, is a reality of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Great Spirit or Manitou or God, or people talk about Buddha or Jesus. However you pray, as long as you believe in that and you have that faith, right? Even if you don't pray and you understand that the world is is full of energy and full of, uh, of, of helpers or whatever it is you need to, however you need to Say it. Take your tobacco. Hold it in your heart hand. Hold it to your heart and set your intention. What is it you want? What is it you want? And speak to it. Just like you're speaking to you and I right now, Shay. Mm-hmm. Right? When, I, when I'm out in, the, out in the bush, I think that's when I'm, I'm my best. When I'm picking medicines, I'm speaking to the trees. When I'm picking medicines, I'm speaking to the plants and the animals, uh, you know. I'm, I'm trying to understand nature and become one of it, you know. And and it may sound strange to some people to speak like this. Um, they probably would have burned me and Patrick and Amanda at the stake a few hundred years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, Marcel, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm always amazed, and I imagine this will go away at some point, at the way you, you touch the audience and the way they react and how thankful they are for your words and your time. So um, I just want to echo that and say thank you. I, I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you being here today. Oh, it's been great. Um, it's been nice. It's been nice to talk to an adult. I usually talk to my grandsons all day long. They're three and five, and I'll see them today. <laughs> so it's nice <laughs> to talk about something other than uh, Flash and uh, Paw Patrol. Well, you're welcome here anytime. You know that. Always an open door. What's What's my name again? i, I got to remember this. Wapistaguan. Wapistaguan, which means white hair. White head of hair. White hair. White hair. Wapistaguan. <laughs> okay. Wapistagon. Marcel, uh, be well, my friend. Uh, we'll chat again. Take care, you and all your listeners. Uh, add me on Facebook. Add me on Twitter. Right?
Yeah, well, and, uh, a lot of people are asking for, for that. Spell your name for us on Twitter because A O S. What do we got here? O S A W A W K I H E W at Real Cree Warrior, right? Yeah. That's the Twitter handle. On Facebook, how do they find you? Um, on Facebook? Yeah. Well, it's Marcel. Yeah, Marcel Digitally. I'm. Uh, Marcel Digitally. Uh, okay, that's pretty easy. It is. I'm just uh, trying to work on. Uh, I got to get back to work on. I've been away. I've been away dealing with my dad in the hospital with COVID and all that, and and his passing and his funeral. Like everything's been left by the wayside. So I got to get back to the city when I'm done up here in the mountains and uh, and roll up my sleeves and and get my group home, uh, which is licensed, mind you, uh, finally, and get my group home running or operational. Hopefully, I can figure that out. We're gonna. Uh... We're going to have a talk about that, okay? Let's let's make a date. We'll get you on here, and uh, we'll talk about the work that you're doing and uh, how people can help you out. I know they can, and uh, we'll make that happen. But um, thank you for today, Marcel. Can't thank you enough. Come back anytime. Oh, fun. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank Take you very care. much. Uh, that's Marcel. Uh, our audience knows him as Golden Eagle, and I'm going to say our audience loves him as Golden Eagle. I, I, I mean, there's when we're having a day like today, um, unfortunately, some members of our audience use it as an opportunity to be jerks on the text line. Well, they use every day. And, you know, usually ignore them. Um, but on a day like today, you, you know what you're going to get. And we did for a while. But when Golden Eagle comes on, I don't know what it is about that man. Um, but everything just got positive in the audience. The text line quieted down with people just saying, I love this guy. I could listen to him all day. I, there's something about him, and I'm really glad he shared an hour with us today. Uh, but that's it. That's all the time we have. Thank you for listening today. Um, do something, right? That's the thing. Just set your intentions. If that's what it is, just take that first step. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us. 